Hello, Podcast Nation, and welcome to The Real Deal on Mortgages with Josh. Thanks for joining me on another episode of The Real Deal on Mortgages. Today, I am going to be speaking with Amber Ernst, loan officer at New American Funding and Rockstar here. She is also the team lead of the Amber Ernst team, and we're just going to talk with her a little bit today about fixed versus adjustable rate mortgages. Uh, we're going to get in the, into the nitty gritty of it, and hopefully it's something you learn a ton from. But as always... Uh, when I forget to talk about something that you are interested in learning about, please reach out to me via Facebook, email, uh, whatever way you can. And whenever I receive those questions, I will do my best to answer them. Now, sit back, relax, and get ready for The Real Deal. Welcome, Amber, to The Real Deal on Mortgages. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, You're a rock star loan officer, sales manager at New American Funding. What brought you to this position? So back when I was in high school, I always had a dream of wanting to help people. And I was very motivated to make a difference. And when I went to college, I explored several options. Um, I actually did an internship in banking. And I kind of fell in love with this complexity side of things. And when I got out of college, I had to make a decision and I decided to take the plunge and try mortgages for a while. Um, The first year was tough. The second year was a little bit less tough. And then it got easier and easier and, and building a clientele and having referrals. And here I am today, 12 or 13 years later. Yeah, that's awesome. So today we're going to be talking about fixed versus adjustable rate mortgages. Could you kind of just explain an overall, like, what's a fixed rate mortgage? What's an adjustable rate mortgage? Yeah, so a fixed rate mortgage is a loan that um, the principal and interest would say the same over the entire life of the loan. So taxes and insurance can change and usually do. So your payment could fluctuate a little bit, but you're not going to see any huge changes in that payment typically. Um, An adjustable rate mortgage is fixed for a period of time and then can change. Um, And there's usually an indicator score that it follows, you know, whether it's the LIBOR or um, something like that, that it would follow, it would go up and down with the market. Some of them are fixed for five years, three years, seven years, 10 years, and then typical adjustments are every 12 months. And so, you know, if interest rates are low, you could see your payment go down. If interest rates climb, um, you could see it go up. Perfect. And you kind of touched on it there, but could you explain a little bit more maybe what like a 5-1 or a 10-1, what, the, yeah. what those mean when you're talking about an adjustable rate mortgage? Yeah, so on like a 5-1 arm, that would be fixed for five years and then adjust every year thereafter. A 10-year would be fixed for 10, adjust every year thereafter, 7-7, seven, seven, you know, just so forth. So Um, Those are the typical arm rates and programs that we see in our market. Back before the mortgage crisis, you know, there was these 228 arms where they were fixed for two years and then adjusted every month. Mm. So that was (laughs) really crazy. Yeah, so their payment could change often. I mean, there was really no way to budget and plan for that. And I think um, some that could be a little bit of the, the problem, I guess, that people ran into back in 2008, 2009. Sure. 
And um, I'm going to kind of just get into, you know, your normal day. You meet with a client, a borrower, uh, and you look at the overall picture of this borrower and you're looking for the best loan program to fit that person. Yes. So when would you recommend to somebody that they get a fixed rate mortgage? When would that kind of be like the ideal program for somebody? Yeah. So when I meet with people, you know, if you're doing a purchase transaction, I always want to know how long you plan to be in the home. And most people, when they go into it, they think it's their forever home. They really don't have plans to move in the short term because you're buying a house. Um, but then, you know, life happens and you do grow out of it and you get a, you know, a bigger home or a smaller home. But most people don't have a definitive timeline on the length of time they plan to stay in that home. In our market, I would say, you know, it's more um, of a conservative area. You know, we have a need for a fixed rate. I don't do very many adjustable rate mortgages just because there's not very many people that plan like, oh, I only want to be here for a couple of years and then I'm out. I wouldn't want to do an adjustable rate mortgage for somebody unless they were like guaranteeing that they weren't going to be in that home just because the risk of it doesn't outweigh the benefit. Um, and what I mean by that is if you look at the interest rate on an arm versus a fixed and then you look at the payments, you know, is it worth it to you to save, you know, let's say $50 a month to take a lower interest rate with the risk, you know, in five years, if that payment goes up three or 4% and your payment's going to go up a couple hundred dollars, you know, is it really worth the risk when you're not sure how long you're going to be in the home? So when I'm looking at people's overall, you know, goals, some people on refinance transactions, they want to um, pay their home loan off and retire in 15 or 17 years. So we'll look at 15 year terms and see if it's feasible for them to do that. Another thing that we can look at is um, doing a fixed rate loan and then having them apply extra to the principal to try to have them pay down the balance quicker and pay it off sooner, but not be tied to that lower term, which would be a higher payment. So I just, when I sit down with people, I want to know their, their goals, how long they want to be in this home, how long they plan to have a mortgage, um, where they see themselves at in, you know, five, six, seven, ten years from now so that we can put the proper mortgage in place for them. Yeah, that sounds great. I think you do a, a good job of uh, getting those questions out there and you know, really finding the right program, from my perspective at least, uh, for the individual. So um, I think that's that all sounds really good. And then I, I asked one way, and I feel like we kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, you, know, you said an adjustable rate really the only time that you would feel comfortable giving that option is if they knew they were going to be moving within so you're saying like that five seven ten year time window mm -hmm. um is that really the only time you would recommend an adjustable rate mortgage to somebody yeah in our market in iowa or you know in illinois sometimes i think you know in the bigger areas you know chicago or coast markets where you know their average home price is over 500,000 they're going to see a big difference in a 1% of an interest rate. So if you could get, you know, a 5-1 arm at 3.75 or a 30-year fixed at 4.75 on $100,000, that's not going to be that much of a difference in payment, you know. I mean, you're talking like I said it's probably under 50 bucks. But on 5, 6, 700,000, a million 
um, you know, that's several hundred dollars. So I think for those other markets, it might make more sense for them if they aren't sure they're going to be in this house forever. Um, and they think, well, I'll just live in this house for a few years and save that money and maybe I'll worry about adjustable later. I feel like that's more the mentality of those larger areas than it is for here. Again, because it's not that big of a difference, you know, in payment. Truthfully, the rate's not. I mean, we even find some people that, you know, you look at 1% difference or even a half a percent and it just makes a very minimal difference in the payment. And if they aren't really sure that they're going to be in the home for less than five years, then it, it's just, for me, I don't feel like it's worth it. Yeah. And I think that kind of, I'm going to s skip around here a little bit, that kind of um, touches on one of my later questions as far as refinancing. So with those people, like maybe in Chicago, California, you know, the, where the home prices are much higher, they're kind of okay with get having that adjustable rate where they mm -hmm. can just refinance if they need to down the road or whatever right. but with somebody here um, that re refinance can cost a lot of money and if your payment's only changing you know 50 bucks like you're saying uh, yeah. it might be better to just stick with that fixed rate instead of having to worry about refinancing later down the road right. is that mm -hmm. kind of how you feel yeah with that yeah it is you know i mean most of my clients if they buy their home and they plan on being there for a long period of time, they might not refinance ever, except maybe to shorten the term, which then that would lower the rate as well. But again, in our market, it's a little bit more conservative. People don't move as much. Um, I feel like you know the cost of living is lower here. People are able to budget a little bit differently than our coastal areas, big cities where you know their house payments out there are three, four, five thousand dollars a month, and it's takes everything they've got to make that payment um, so a couple hundred dollars a month in savings for an interest rate that's adjustable versus fixed might make a difference in them being able to get a car or something like that that they could afford and then banking on the house appreciating and then refinancing it down the road to pull equity out and kind of that's their their process and it sounds so foreign to us here because we don't live like that um, but we don't really have to live like that because our homes are affordable here. We're not paying, you know, five or $600,000 for a starter home. So it's just a different way to look at things. On a national level, I think it's good that we have fixed rate versus adjustable rate to benefit the needs of people across our country. But on a local level, like I said, I mean, in four years, I don't know if I've done one adjustable rate mortgage. I know I've had one person reach out to me that was a resident physician and he was considering buying and he was only going to be here for three years and then go back where his um, family had a practice and was going to practice medicine out of here, out of state. So for him, you know, we actually did talk about an arm, but he ended up not buying anyways because he just didn't think that it was going to be worth it for three years to buy and then sell and not get all of his money back, the risk there, because the appreciation isn't quite as high as where he's from. So he decided to rent. But... Um, in that event, you know, he told me I'm, I'm going to be leaving in three years. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I guess we could do it. <laughs> but um, like I said, I mean, I just I don't see the benefit of it, generally speaking, in our market that the risk of it just doesn't make sense, especially when you can get fixed rate financing as low as it is. I would think maybe if there's a gap of 
you know, two or three percent, you know, like let's say you could get an adjustable at two and a half and a fixed at five and a half. Um, you know, maybe we would entertain that, but with them only being a percent or less apart, it just doesn't make sense to me for, for you to, to get that program and then, um, you know, you stay in the home longer than the time of the adjustment and then all of a sudden your payment's climbing and you're stuck. With having to refinance to current market rates or um, just ride out the adjustments. Yeah, and who knows where the current market rates mm -hmm. will be at that point in time as well. You know? Yeah, exactly. We've been in a low, you know, since 2000 and gosh, nine, I think is when they first started dropping. I think 2009 is when they first hit 4.875 in like January and my phone blew up. And then in 10, it was 3.875. And we're like, there's no way they're going to go any lower. And then they went a little bit lower. But, um, you know, we're like teetering right on that 4.875 to over 5% right now. And I feel like it's a little bit of a shock. But Historically, the interest rates are still really, really low. Houses are really affordable. You know, you talk to people that got mortgages back in the 80s and paid like 15% and they were excited to get that. They thought that was a good deal. So we still have really affordable programs. There's still low, low down payment options. And, you know, looking at that, what does it cost me to buy versus rent? I think it still makes sense for a lot of people to take that plunge. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, Another thing we know is that circumstances change in people's lives and it's hard to kind of prepare for what's going to happen in the next, you know, three, five, 10, 20 years. Like even mm -hmm. that situation where you said you did an adjustable mortgage for somebody that, you know, they said, I'm moving in three years. I know, you know, that's going to happen. But, you know, it's really hard to know for sure that that is going to happen. Uh, if somebody comes into you and they're like, I want the lowest rate, you know, let's look at these adjustable rate options. And, you know, depending on what it is, you know, you can kind of present those options to that individual. But how do you kind of communicate that with somebody where it's just like, you know, these circumstances could change, you know, I'm trying to look out for the best mm -hmm. for you. Uh, and just like, how does that conversation kind of go when you're meeting with somebody? Yeah, so like at the end of the day, I mean, you want to give your customer what they want because we're here to serve them and do, you know, meet their needs. But I also feel it's our duty and our job to make sure they understand um, the program and the options and the negative ramifications of their choices and positive. So in that situation, you know, um, and oftentimes when I'm meeting with people, I'll have a couple of scenarios side by side so they can see them and they can think about it. So if somebody was telling me, you know, I want the lowest rate, I want the arm, I would say, okay, great, I'll, I'll pull up some scenarios. And then I would also put the fixed option right next to it and say, okay, you know, here's the fixed option, here's the adjustable, here's the rate, here's the payment, here's what you're saving, you know, per month on this, and then on an annual basis. And then maybe even, well, what if rates go up to 7 or 8%, here's what the payment would go to, are you comfortable with that? You know, because if you're comfortable on the fixed rate payment and you're not sure if you're if you're going to be in the home past the adjustment period, then is it really worth it to take that adjustable rate, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen in the future? So 
I really, you know, I like to sit down with all of my people face to face, super old school, you know, (laughs) (laughs) meet with them. People appreciate that. Yeah, meet with them. And I mean, we obviously do a lot of email correspondence and texting and Facebook and all those avenues of communication. But I do try to meet with almost every single one of my customers face to face and just um, go through everything. You know, I just, I feel like then they know me, they, um, you just build a better relationship. They understand things a little bit better. I talk them through the process, ask a lot of questions. That way, you know, nobody's got any surprises down the road on what they were expected to do or to bring or the process. You know, we understand it's a high, stressful time, and we try to, you know, alleviate as much of that as we can. You know, obviously I can't do everything for them, but um, we try to make it as easy as possible. But when I'm meeting with them, I usually try to put my examples out in front and go through each scenario. So in the event somebody was asking for that, I would show them that and then side by side that with the fixed rate option as well and talk about you know, how much it's saving you per month, um, how much it's, it could hurt you in the future. And most oftentimes, like I said, I think people would probably be like, you know, if I could get the fixed at the 4.8 and I could get the adjustable at the the 3.9 and it's only saving me you know $62 a month but I'm comfortable with the fixed I think I'll just go that route so in my experiences that's kind of what I've seen yeah and that's kind of just the you know you were talking about that personal experience that's kind of the critical thinking aspect of our job you know you're not just a number cruncher you're not just a computer program that's out there that's trying to you know, figure out this person has these certain numbers and this is the program that they're plugged into. Like you're taking mm-hmm. that extra step to be like, well, you know, this is what you're thinking, but let's look at all of these options and figure out like, you know, critically, what's the best thing for you, yeah. which is, I think yeah, we do huge, it every day, a huge you know, benefit. so we do, you know, hundreds of loans in a year and people do this on average, I think every four and a half to five years. So if you do it, you know, five times in your life or four times in your life, that's, you know, that's all the times you're ever going to see it. And the amount of changes that would happen within those five periods of you buying a home, you wouldn't even know what's going on because the guidelines have changed and the programs have changed and, you know, the, the rules that we follow are different. So it's our job to try to help our customers and show them the options and and meet face-to-face and and go through everything so they know the benefits and the pros and the cons of every loan program that they're doing. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong during a loan if not um, talked about upfront or asked. You know, the difference in pay if you're paid commission or paid by the mile or if you deposited a gift yesterday and you didn't tell somebody that. You know, if you're working with an online or a data entry person that doesn't know to ask all of those questions, you could get two, three weeks down the road and have a problem. So we really pride ourselves on asking those right questions up front. Um, you know, and when you meet with people, you can see everything like, hey, you told me you had 10,000 in the bank and you only have two. Where is this coming <laughs> from? Yeah. yeah. So we ask those questions, you know, knowing that it's kind of like an algorithm and it reads a gift or a large deposit like that different than if it's your own money that's been sitting in there for 60 days. And so... Um, the average person wouldn't know that, but 
we do know that. And so we ask those questions up front and then we change the system and make sure we're still okay. And if we're not, then we restructure and figure out what we got to do to make it okay. So that our customers are, again, closing on time, happy, understand the process. And there's just not surprises at the end of the road. Nice. I think that's great. And this next topic I just thought of, so <laughs> get ready for Uh-oh. this. It's going to be a fun one. The real uh, deal. Yeah, the real deal. <laughs> uh, so I feel like another thing that maybe we should add is um, a lot of people kind of recommend like HELOCs. Yeah. So, and those are all adjustable rate, mm-hmm. and um, but it's usually a smaller percentage of the loan amount, so not yeah. as big of an impact on somebody's, you know, maybe payment, uh, monthly payment. So what do you think with those options as well as far as like maybe an 80-20 or something like that? Yeah, that's a good one. Those, you know, again, it's just me and my conservative mindset, I think. If you could get, you know, a 97% fixed rate where you don't have to worry about those adjustments and you know what your payment is, there's not any changes Um it's more of a secure loan than, let's say, an 80-20. And when Josh says an 80-20, he means there's two loans that go together, close at the same time, and 80% of the balance is at one rate and one payment, and then there's a second loan at 20% of the balance. So essentially, you're putting no money down, and then that second is adjustable. Um, again, with people, you know, a lot of people are on a budget, and... They don't have a whole lot of extra money, especially if they're doing an 80-20 because they're not putting anything down. So in the event, in a couple years when that would change, it could really negatively impact your situation. And um, if anything changed in the housing market and they were unable to refinance or um, they would be stuck, they would either have to sell or, um, God forbid, foreclose or something like that. So it could be really bad that they could lose their home. So... Um, I always try to shy away from those programs. Sometimes, you know, um, there's what we call an 80-10-10, where it would be 80% loan and then a 10% second, and then you put 10% down. Um, The benefit of that product is you would avoid the PMI because the first mortgage is at 80%. But again, that second is is, um, adjustable. So that 10% second is adjustable. So and we just so you know we know all about MI from our last podcast that yeah. we talked with Carrie about yeah. so everybody should know exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah, so sometimes you can save money on the mortgage insurance, but you know for me, you know, you you would probably have a better chance of refinancing in the future if you had to. So that's always an option to look at, but again, what is the interest rate on the second if it's just really close to the first or a little bit higher? What's the benefit really? I mean, you might as well just do the whole thing at a fixed rate and then know that you're not going to have those changes in the future because you might be in the home longer than, you know, that three or five years that the adjustment period would come up. So, um, again, it's not something we really do. I know, like, the home equity, sometimes people come to us and they need a home equity to build a garage or they need a home equity to do repairs or windows or roof or siding or, you know, the list goes on and on. I usually say, like, if you're improving the value, you know you're not buying like flat screen TVs in a new car. Um, it's usually an okay thing to do. Um, and then when it's done, you know, we could essentially look at refinancing and putting those two together, putting your first and your home equity. 
Um, sometimes people get home equities and they have the cash. They just don't want to use your, your cash. And that stance, that's a great thing, I think, because, you know, it, it, the interest is deductible and you have the money to pay it off anyways. And so if you want to use some of your equity and continue to let your investments grow and in the event the payment got crazy or the interest rate went way up, you have the money to pay it off anyway. Sure. Um, so that's okay. But the other thing with home equities is typically they're interest only for the first five years. So that payment's really nice and small. And then at the end of that five-year period, they go up like four times larger. So that's always kind of a really big hit to people because of that big change, that payment shock that they weren't expecting. So um, if you do have a home equity loan, I usually encourage people to make large payments to that to try to attack the principal and get that down lower. So at the end of that five-year period, um, your payment's not going to go up huge uh, to get the balance paid off. We do look at people, you know, refinancing your first mortgage and your home equity together um, to help people with their overall debt situation or if they have credit cards, you know, that are at 30% or something, we've done that too. So there's always options to kind of look at everybody's, you know, individual situation and say, well, you know, maybe if we don't want to put all of our proceeds down on our next house, we could pay off, you know, a credit card or we could pay off... Um, a student loan or something that could be you know a larger interest rate so we can look at those options with people as well yeah and I mean as far as that too I mean sometimes uh, limiting those payments too it might not even be necessarily just getting rid of that debt that you know high interest debt but it also frees up so much extra cash that, that person has monthly you know mm -hmm. like that payment on mm -hmm. a credit card or uh, student loan. I mean, that's money that you can then take and invest somewhere else if mm -hmm. you wanted to for retirement or mm -hmm. um, different things like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. once again, just having those options and being creative, I think is huge. And I think that's that's basically everything we have today. Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Amber. I know you're super busy. Um, and talking with us today and I think you know you had a lot of knowledge and experience that you were able to share in this short you know 30 minute podcast here so I greatly appreciate you doing that uh, last thing I just want to say is there any final words you have on adjustable rate mortgages fixed anything else just whatever maybe you would want to talk about not really I mean I just like I said I really feel that fixed rates are probably just the way of what we do here in the Quad Cities, um, just because we don't have super high cost areas and um, we don't have, you know, 50% appreciation like some of, you know, the coastal areas. We're just a very stable market, which is also really good when there's a downturn because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really see the huge depreciation, you know, where your home value goes from, you know, 2 million to 1 million in six months. I mean, that would be just like catastrophic it's hard for us I think to put our brain around that you know like how does that even happen but you know in those areas that were impacted like that it just really 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 hurt them um, I guess the only other thing I can think of is that sometimes people see that harp loan advertising mm -hmm. online you know I know save thousands of dollars yeah. every month <laughs> yeah like, and it's just like what like, yeah. so um, I think it causes a lot of people to kind of click on it and see what it is but that's for people that kind of were in the situation with the crash. You had to have your mortgage before 2011. So if you refinanced in the last, you know, eight, seven years, you wouldn't qualify. But it basically was to help those coastal areas where their value 
was lower than their loan amount because in a normal refinance, you'd be ineligible because you're upside down. But these people still were making their payments. They still had really good credit scores, but they were unable to refinance out of those adjustable rates and they wanted a fixed rate. And so this program came into play to help those people um, by avoiding the appraisal because you know they wanted them to still be able to keep their mortgage, still get an affordable payment and take advantage of today's low interest rates. So again, it's not really something that we experience around here locally because most people, um, their values held steady or, and now obviously they've gone up. Our values have gone up a lot here recently in the last few years. So I know a lot of people ask about that program too. Uh, so hopefully that answers those questions. But yeah, I mean, uh, to me, an adjustable rate in our area, you know, with most homes, I would say under 250 or 300, um, it doesn't really make a big difference in your payment to go for that adjustable rate and the the negative impact that it could have on you and your budget in a short period of time. You know, five years goes like that. So it's it's for me, it's not really worth the savings or the risk to do that when you can have a low fixed rate option. Thank you very much again, Amber. And lastly, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, could you maybe give a couple ways so they could contact you? Yeah, so um, people reach out to me via email, amber.ernst, E-R-N-S-T, at naf, N-A-F, inc.com. And then my cell phone's 563-579-1097. Also on Facebook, Amber Ernst. Um, I have a business site and a personal site if you message me on either. Um, people reach out to me that way too. So um, we're in Bettendorf, Iowa. And if you're around, you could stop in as well. But uh, most yeah. people would reach out to us on those streams. Perfect. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you learned a lot. I know I learned a few things while we were talking there. So um, we'll have a good rest of your day and we'll talk to you next time. Special thanks to all of you for joining me today on The Real Deal. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Every time I talk to one of our guests, I learn something new, and my goal is that you learned something as well. If you did, please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasting media. I would greatly appreciate it, and it would help me grow and get this information out to others that could benefit from it. These podcasts are going to be released every other week. I am going to keep it on a consistent schedule, getting more and more information out to all of you. The next podcast is going to be Buying versus Renting with Joy Schneckloff. Hopefully that is another topic you can get a lot out of. And as always, please reach out to me with any specific questions that you might have. I want to add the content that you want to learn more about. Have a great next couple weeks, and I will talk with you next time on The Real Deal.